0: Welcome to Day 219 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, the drama of Scripture. Yesterday was a guys-only podcast. We've kind of broken the pattern just a little bit. We've invited uh, Katie Kresge here. I'm Paul Kemp with David Keefe, the aforementioned Katie Kresge, Matt Kresge. uh, And we continue in the drama of Scripture. Uh, We find ourselves in a place of Israel's history where the nation has... Uh, because of their unfaithfulness to God, been scattered through the nations. And, of course, when we read the book of Daniel, we saw these uh, four young men that were taken by King Nebuchadnezzar into Babylon. uh, The entire nation of Judah would have been taken there. Uh, Samaria, the uh, uh, nations of Israel, had been destroyed uh, years years earlier. Uh, And so we have a beleaguered Israel still under the hand and the guidance of God coming back to Israel under the ministries of Ezra and Nehemiah to rebuild the temple and to rebuild the walls. But as we read through Nehemiah this week, we'll understand just how difficult it was for them to be the people of God in this particular circumstance. So we left Ezra yesterday horrified that the people were already uh, marrying back into the surrounding peoples and being deeply influenced by them. And uh, we have today Nehemiah being horrified as he hears how deep the struggle is of his people back in the land of Judah, and feels moved uh, you know, by the king to do something about it. So the book of Nehemiah, before we read, uh, we pause, uh, we remember what a gift we have you know, from uh, from God, that he has revealed his heart and character by his spirit and his word. And for those of us who know Christ, he has uh, not only given us you know, his word, uh, which is inspired by his spirit, but he's given us his spirit that we may understand and apply his word. So before we before we read, we just pause, recognize that moment, and uh, seek the Lord's presence and help as we read. So, Katie, mind lifting us up in prayer.
1: Uh Father, thank you, thank you for your Word that you've given us um, so graciously, and forgive us for um, treating it like like an obligation sometimes. um, To open it up, but it is a gift. It's it's one of the best gifts we've ever been given, and um, in it we find hope and we find um, this wonderful story um, that we are a part of, um, the story of you and your redemption um, and your love for your people. And um, so, God, God, I just pray that as we read today um, and as we engage with your word as your church, God, that you would do a work in us and that we would be Deeply encouraged um, by your sovereign hand and your people's lives. Um, Deeply encouraged by the leadership of Nehemiah and um, that you would just continue to work in our hearts today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: In the words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open uh, to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins that we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We've acted very wickedly towards you, not obeyed the commands, the decrees, and the laws that you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, if you're unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations, but if you return to me and obey my commands... Then even if your, your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom you redeem by your great strength and your mighty hand. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. In the month of Nisan... In the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, What is it you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, How long will your journey take, and when will you get back? Please the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, If it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of the trans-Euphrates so that they'll provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. May I have a letter to the the keeper of the royal park, so he will give me the timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. So I went to the governors of the trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letter. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. When Sinballat, the Hornite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, sat out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one that I was riding on. By night, I went out through the valley gate, toward the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem which had been broken down, and its gates which had been destroyed by fire. Then I moved on toward the fountain gate and the king's pool. There was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The Officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing, because as yet, I had said nothing to the Jews, or the priests, or the nobles, or the officials, or any others uh, who, uh, who would be doing the work. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we're in? Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. Also, tell them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, "Let us start building." So they began this good work. But when Samballat the Hornite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. "What is this you are doing?" they asked. "Are you rebelling against the king?" I answered them by saying, "The God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding." But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem, or any claim, or any historic right to it. Uh, you really fall in love quickly with uh, with uh, Nehemiah. His pension for you know not only the wonderful prayer he prays and the wonderful confession and lament into he really brings, but uh, when the king asks him a question, even before he answers, I pray to God. Then I answer the mm-hmm. king, which is just a wonderful rhythm. Of uh, you know what Paul talks about you know in Th- you know Thessalonians you know being being constant uh, in prayer or to pray without you know pray without ceasing mm-hmm. and uh, this you, you never have to you never have to close a conversation even though we always say amen mm-hmm. uh, you never have to close a conversation with God you yeah. uh, can live your life in constant you know, conversation with
1: Him. I love that little window into His heart, um, which you get because He's writing it. You know that He immediately just prayed to the God of heaven and then answers. And I feel like you already get such a picture of his character, um, and just how he is, how he's going about things. His first reaction when he hears the news of Jerusalem is to pray, is to fast and pray. Um, and so often I want that, I want that to be my first reaction, but unfortunately I go to People, I go to seek the advice of people or Google. <laughs> These days, I just Google it. But um, yeah, and then just I think the the respect that he shows the king, but knowing that he is the servant of of the king of the king of the universe. Um, I, I just yeah, I, the insight into the character of Nehemiah is yeah. really cool.
0: Chris, we just you know concluded Palm Sunday. <laughs> Uh, where Jesus also comes to the edge of the city of Jerusalem. And, and when he sees it and its devastation and the people and, and their distance from God, he he weeps. And uh you know this for you know Nehemiah, you know, that that's you know the most impressive thing to me is, you know, not you know not simply that he would go through a you know practice of you know fasting which you know we we know by uh New Testament times was an empty practice for a lot of people. But mm-hmm. the, the fact that he was emotionally moved and not just for a moment but for a number of days. Mm-hmm. Uh he was, you know, deeply uh you know deeply moved by this. Yeah, that's one of the things that stood out to me, especially reading this, you know, in light of what we read yesterday, that you know, God has not only preserved a remnant, you know, in keeping with his promises and in keeping with his covenant, um, but he's also raised up, you know, two men who intercede. Mm-hmm. And so you see the intercession of Ezra, you see the intercession of Nehemiah, and yet both of them confess their own sin, you know, that they're not the perfect mediator or intercessor that we need, and looking forward yeah. to, you know, the one who stands outside Jerusalem weeping, you know, who yeah. won't just appeal, you know, to God saying, you know, save me because I'm imperfect, but he is the perfect mediator and intercessor, who now lives you But in the very same way, uh, um, you know, we saw this in Daniel, when we read Daniel a few weeks ago, where even though Daniel is a really noble character, and of course Nehemiah will be a noble character as well, yeah. uh, you know, uh, two of, uh, you know, two out of many characters, you know, that uh, you really don't see major fault lines you know, in, in their life and in their relationship with God. They, they, uh, they, they have a sense of this is not a them problem, yeah. they problem. This is a we problem. Yeah. All of our people, you know, have been unfaithful, including me and my family. And and of course they identify with sins that they didn't you know commit as a people who are committed to being, you know the people of God and of course that's something we also see, in the other person who wept over Jerusalem, that uh, of course he was uh, he was perfect, mm-hmm. as Paul would say the one who knew no sin became sin for us he identified with us, and uh, our sin, and uh, that's a great you know a great sense of what Jesus has asked us to do to be poor in spirit and to mourn. Not only our sin, but the sin, you know, around us, you know, as well. So another mm-hmm. beautiful characteristic. And I I would like uh, you you get a sense, and we're gonna get the sense as we go through Nehemiah just how, how run down Jerusalem really is. We remember, you know, that uh, Nebuchadnezzar left no stone standing on top of you know, top of the other. And so even as he's trying to ride through on a horse, he had to get off the horse and walk through the rubble. And uh, you're going to see this as being, you know, a point of discouragement, you know, through, you know, through the week as well. Uh, there are very few people, the cities in deep ruins and the ruins are very, you know, deeply discouraging. And this is, you know, God's you know, God's man for this moment. And, and you see his wisdom, you know, uh, resting three days and looking mm-hmm. at it, you know, knowing what, you know, it could have just arrived in Jerusalem and said, let's rebuild this wall. And i say, had you seen the wall? He mm-hmm. said, yeah, I've seen. And mm-hmm. I, I know my horse can't make it through, but uh, the gracious hand of our God, which yeah. you hear. I was going to yeah, say, we that, heard that in Ezra time that, and time yeah. again. No, that, was, that was the thing that Matt kept you know bringing us back to in Ezra you know, from time and time again. And I was giving him a little room to do that. But he waited till the end of the podcast. <laughs> but uh, but that is, you know, that is, you know, and, and that is our hope. You know, not that we have people with the wisdom of Nehemiah or the courage of Ezra, but that we have a God whose gracious hand mm-hmm. is on his people. Uh, David, in my closeness, now of let's pray. Father, we do. we do thank you so much for your gracious hand. Though we we know our sin and we know the sins of our our community and, and our people, well, we know that um, your grace far exceeds our sin, which is quite unbelievable. And so we thank you so much for how Nehemiah points us to Christ, um, and we thank you for the deep truths of your Word. May we ever behold them. May they always stir our hearts' affections. Um, and may we um, be a people that, as we say often, are are deeply shaped um, by your word. Thank you for timing your scriptures. Um, we pray that you'd build us up to be your people in this time and, and in this place. We pray all in the name of Jesus. Amen.